0: From WAMU 88.5 at American University in Washington, welcome to the Kojo Namdi Show, connecting your neighborhood with the world. It's the Computer Guys and Gals. Allison June is Chief Futurist at the University of Maryland, Division of Research, and Co-Director of the Future of Information Alliance at the University of Maryland. Allison, welcome.
1: Thank you, Kojo.
0: And a welcome to you, Bill Harlow. Bill Harlow is a hardware and software technician from Axon and PCs at Mid-Atlantic Consulting Incorporated. Welcome to you, Bill Harlow. Thank you. John Gilroy is Director for Business Development for BLT Global Ventures. Welcome to you. Cue the applause,
2: applause. we're here.
0: I'm afraid we have no applause for (laughs) you today.
1: (laughs) There's no queuing. (laughs) When I
0: read about the two hackers who took control of a Jeep Cherokee in motion, I thought that's scary. Then I read the account by the writer at Wired Magazine who was driving when the hack occurred. He agreed to be the guinea pig, and I thought this is really scary. John, remind us what happened when those two black hat hackers got into the entertainment system of a Jeep. They not only blasted the radio, of which I approve, and, <laughs> <laughs> and cranked the windshield wipers they cut the engine while the car was on
2: the freeway. Yeah, kind of scary. Well, these two characters have been playing around with cars for many years and so they're well known in the business. And they came up with this as kind of an exploit, a proof of concept. And they said, speaking of black hats, oh, by the way, we're going to show you how we did this at the Black Hat Conference. So <laughs> this is like, uh, yes. stay tuned to these commercials and we'll tell you more. And so I think they're having a lot of fun with this. And I think it's uh, it's almost a necessary job. Now, you, I don't, wouldn't call them black hackers. I'd, I'd probably call them maybe white hats or or, or gray hats or something because they're letting a company know of a vulnerability because other people have let companies know of vulnerabilities and the companies have shut up. And so this, this can reach up to half a million cars, though, can it, Bill?
3: This led up to a recall of 1.4 million vehicles Phew. from Fiat Chrysler Group. So, um, yeah, that's the first time that's ever happened, that uh, there's been a car recall issued over
2: software insecurities. Yeah. Now, many listeners could remember back to 1999 when people had problems in their computers and you'd flash and you'd update, update the firmware. That's what's part of this process is you take the firmware on the, let's say, a brand-new car with a computer in it like Allison drives, and we go and we set the firmware, and all of a sudden we can control many parts of the car.
3: I'm wondering when there's going to be when there's going to be uh, ransomware where i get getting my car turn the key nothing happens but I can pay $5000. You so want to go home? home. <laughs> oh, pain. if
0: if you'd oh. like to contribute to this conversation you can call us at 800-433-8850. Do you worry about hackers getting into your car's software system? Do you think we need new laws to mandate better cyber security in our cars? 800-433-8850. Shoot us a tweet at Kojo Show using the hashtag TechTuesday. Email us at kojo dot org or go to our website, kojoshow.org. Join the conversation there. I guess our new cars are really computers on wheels. Are they just as vulnerable as our other devices,
1: Allison? Yeah, and, and actually that's what very much concerns me is this, that obviously, yes, if someone cuts out your car, that's not a very good thing, especially if you're on the highway. But um, imagine if they're cutting out um, computer systems in hospitals or in factories. Um, talk about cyber warfare. Um, that's really scary, folks. Um, it's about the fact that we can connect so easily into um, into the Internet, into these computer systems, um, because we're trying to actually make um, – uh, an Internet of Things, so that things can be smart and can connect together. So the dark side of it is, unfortunately, that when you do that, it's easier to manipulate it out on the outside world. And when that happens, yeah, it's more than just your cars that can cut out.
2: I think that the best phrase that describes this is, uh, same mistake, different platform. <laughs> this is what happened back with the early days of Windows. And they repeat the exact same thing over again. They're, they're naive, I think.
0: The hacker's goal was to get the public's attention to warn us that hacking is a serious threat for the tech-heavy car that we drive. Bill, do you think they succeeded?
3: I think so. I mean, it, it, it woke uh, Fiat Chrysler Group up, if nothing else, because they were silent initially, and then they finally came out and said, yeah, we need to issue a recall to, uh, to patch a hole in this. What I'm worried about, though, is just, you know, it's always a cat and mouse game with computer systems, right? So is that, is that going to be an ongoing thing with cars? You take it in for your, uh, your recall patch, and then a few months later, a new hole is discovered. Time to take it in again, lather, rinse, repeat.
1: Well, I have to say that I have hated the software on my Ford Explorer for ages. Okay? And it wasn't even hacked. And it wasn't even hacked. In fact, I wish it were hacked so that it could be fixed. It's so bad. Um, and, you know, And my, my husband said, no, you cannot claim the lemon law on because you don't like the software. And I said, no, I really don't like it. Anyway, but, it, you know, software is a part of the experience of our new cars. That's it.
0: Can we take some solace in the fact that there are Hundreds of millions of people who are are using the Internet. Why would they pick on me? (laughs) (laughs) My car. I don't know why. (laughs) You never know. Another device that seems to be vulnerable to cyber attack is the smartwatch. How do hackers get into these popular accessories, John
2: (laughs) What was a study I read that uh, 100% of all smartwatches have vulnerabilities? It's yes, another thing, rush it to market, Bill, get it out the door. Rush it to market, we got to get it, we got to get to the market, we got to be in April, August 1st. Push, 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 push. Oh, forget about the security. I mean, aspects.
3: 100% of all our connected devices probably have um, insecurities. It's just a case of whether or not they've been discovered yet, which is why we have these hacking conferences and these security researchers out there, hopefully finding them first before they're in the wild and they're used against us.
1: Well, it's, it's a question of where is your data going? And is it encrypted? So what they found in that study that John was referring to is that actually the data was going up to 10 different places and it wasn't being encrypted. Mm -hmm. So, folks, you got to ask, all right, if it's really just going back to one particularly, um, you know, encrypted, protected place, that's fine. Um, but you have to say, all right, is this something that's worth it? And should I be playing around with my protected data?
2: No, well, I got this funky watch I'm wearing, and I don't turn it off at night. And people mm-hmm. don't turn their smartwatches off at night. So Precisely. it's on all the time. Yep. And it can track you, and it can find out. If someone picks up your watch off a table,
0: hmm. they can get into the watch, they can go into whatever apps that were currently connected on your phone, emails, text messages, and half of the watches do not have a password. Password? I mean, that's
2: just, it seems crazy, but you know. It's the way they're doing it. They're pushing it out the door.
0: Here's Daniel in Washington, D.C. Daniel, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Uh,
2: yeah,
4: so, you know, the future of all the automakers are heading towards uh, the connected vehicle, vehicle-to-vehicle and vehicle-to-infrastructure communications and yes. uh, for safety and mobility purposes. And I know that security software is a uh, security of the system is obviously vital because in order for the vehicles to talk to each other uh you know they have to know they have to be able to trust each other just like going to a trusted website or something and i'm curious to know i mean what does this mean uh from the automaker's perspective and the ability to move forward uh with confidence in the future bill
3: well uh i don't think it's going to honestly make a, a huge change right away. I mean, we saw this recall, but I think something really bad is going to have to happen well, before I you. I think see.
2: when Peter B. Lewis founded the Progressive Insurance Company in Mayfield Heights, Ohio, he never dreamed of something like this. What's an insurance company going to do? Okay, I'm going to cover Allison's car for one amount. Now, Kojo's car is newer, so we're going to have to cover him for a different amount for cyber attacks and then liability. Security I mean, premiums, huh? well, Yeah, what's going to happen? Because Progressive made their money on high-risk insurers, which were movie stars. And so, maybe, oh, you're driving a new car. It means you're high-risk, Allison. So you're going to pay 50 percent more? I think I think the insurance company is going
1: to have the answer to this. Oh, I don't think it's the insurance companies. I think it's the partnerships that the, the that the um, companies that um, you know the car companies are going to have with software companies. That's a good point. And I think that the tighter the partnership is, um, the better it, the car will possibly be. Um, but it is a, it, But I agree with you, John. If that doesn't work, then it's insurance it companies. It's liable. Yep. We got
0: an email from David who said, I've been in the computer software development business for more than 35 years. I'm firmly convinced we'll make no progress on computer security <laughs> <laughs> until we can hold vendors legally liable for mm. these problems. There you go. Licenses you go. that disclaim any responsibility for the program need to be made legally unenforceable. We need licensing for software and system engineers with the same degree of engineering liability that civil Engineers now have. If the bridge falls down and the engineer is at fault, he or she could be sued and held liable.
3: Allison, actually, I'm wondering: Did your, uh, your car come with an end-user license agreement? Uh, By Yuba. turning this key, you, you have you, you have agreed You're to accepted.
1: all. I wish. Um, I don't know. I, Check if the the manual. I would take a look at that. Yeah.
0: And David, thank you very much for your call. <laughs> if you live in the Microsoft Android universe, you'll want to pay attention. Microsoft's new operating system, Windows 10, debuted last week, and the reviews seem pretty good. Likewise, the new Edge browser, which replaces Internet Explorer, gets good marks. Um, Bill, what's your take on the new Windows 10? What do people like about it, and what parts aren't so popular. Well, I got to
3: play with the preview versions of it and I like it a lot and I'm actually kind of annoyed that the two systems I want to run it on I can't yet just because I'm waiting for drivers. I mean, it's a new operating system. That's nothing new. Uh, and then the, on the other one, uh, I, I can't ever install it because they're taking away Media Center, which I rely on on that home theater PC. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it seems really nice. They've taken... A lot of the flack they've gotten deservedly for Windows 8, and they made uh, Windows 10 feel a lot more like a proper desktop operating system. I mean, it's it's not like before it was so tablet-focused. And the other thing that's pretty slick, too, and I'm sure you've you played with this a bit, Allison, is uh, Cortana. The, uh the uh, voice uh, assistant. And Cortana, by the way, is named after a character from the Halo video games Mm. published by Microsoft for the Xbox. And I want to point out that (laughs) in in Halo lore, Cortana is an AI that goes rampant and turns against the heroes. Well, that's not good. So, just throwing that out there. (laughs) Ah,
0: If you use Windows 7 or 8, will you install the free update to Windows 10? Give us a call, 800-433-8850. If you have already tried Windows 10, let us know what you think. Send us an email to kojo at wamu.org. Allison. So far, reviewers seem to like the user interface. How is it different from prior versions of Windows?
1: Well, it's a, there's a combination of things. First of all, there is the all blessed Start button is back. Okay, this was like a religion people took a, that, that Microsoft <laughs> took away and upset people thoroughly. Um, They did keep the tile feeling, but they kept it subtle. And, oh, my goodness, there's not three UIs. There's not three user Mm -hmm. interfaces uh, across the operating system. So, actually, once you learn one way of how it's working, you can use it across that. Now, the interesting thing is, um, in terms of the upgrade, this is going to be one of the first times that um, Microsoft is saying this is a free upgrade, okay, for billions, you know, of people um, but you've got to make sure that you've got enough space, and that your system is upgradable, um, and that you also have one of the uh, one of these keys, one of the, one of the product keys, because you cannot upgrade it um, without the product key for seven or eight point one. Um, you also have to know that you may have to stand in line to upgrade, mm-hmm. which is also a sort of a new kind of metaphor where you, you know, you sort of log in and you say, "This is, um, you know, this is the system I have, and this is what I'm going to, uh, this is what I need to do," and then they'll schedule your time to upgrade, which is really interesting. It's smart, though. It is very smart because there are millions of people that are going to do this now. If you don't upgrade this year. Remember, you're going to have to start paying next year. So, so a um, year from now. A year from now, and they're also doing this upgrade when it comes to consumers. That they're, they're starting with consumers, and yes, you are the guinea pigs, users. Okay, um, they're waiting on the businesses, right, John? So, um, well, I, you know?
2: from my perspective, I think they're they're starting with the people who own Microsoft hardware, like the Surface Pro, and they're saying, well, we owns the hardware, we owns the software, the fewer mistakes with this, and so they upgrade upgrade mine on Sunday. And it was not even a snap. It was it was just so it was one click. There was nothing to it. Now I have to caution the listeners to know that uh, if you get an email from Kojo Namdi at Microsoft and say click on this, and no, that's not the way you do it. The way you do it, there's bubbles that come up in the operating system and tell exactly what to do. So don't fall susceptible to any of these scams of ransomware with upgrades to Microsoft 10.
1: But the best error message ever okay is huh. something it, it just says something happened <laughs> that's it <laughs> i like it okay what it does mean that's is it's not they, even an error that's just a statement of <laughs> fact no it's something, something happened. happened okay something it happened. means you need to free up more space and uh, and that your system isn't meeting system requirements, okay? So just keep that in mind. Um, you could decide to clean, uh, you know, just do a clean install. But uh, if you get something happened, know it has to do with that. Joseph, well, wonderful.
0: that guinea pig experience that you mentioned earlier, that we are the guinea pigs, does take a listen to Mac in Ooh. Alexandria, okay, Virginia. Matt. Matt, Go for it. You're on the air, Mac. Go ahead, please.
5: Hi, Kojo. Thanks for taking my call. I did um, upgrade to... Uh, Windows 10 about a week ago. And ever since then, first of all, like you said, it's incredibly easy. But um, ever since then, my program seemed to come up and work slowly. And when I browse the Internet, I use Google Chrome. I didn't opt for Edge. But Maybe I should, but when I use Chrome, I get that little blue wheel going round and round, and I just <laughs> hate it. I and mean, then it's so slow. The
0: dreaded blue wheel, there, yes.
5: Yeah. Is there anything I can do or check to make it faster or see what's going on? It was fast before, I'm using a Dell Inspiron Core i7 with a terabyte of hard drive. Yeah.
2: Well, I think uh, Bill pointed out an article in PC Magazine that's a review of it, and the review states that, "Hey, this is a operation in progress, and they're fixing it as we're going down the road." And so, I think if you're patient, it'll uh, it'll catch up to you. Yeah, it could be example. a lot of
3: things. It could be maybe they need to patch it with time and clean up some of that stuff. It might be there's stuff going on behind the scenes you're not aware of after a massive change like this. Maybe it's reindexing. Maybe it's got to recache some things in the system, and maybe that hard drive is thrashing a bit for the next day or so. The real question it is, be
2: people who have Macintosh hardware. Well, her name is she goes by. Mac. That yeah. could be part of it, too. Maybe <laughs> yeah, it's bad, bad, it's bad, bad yeah. juju. Mm. But, but the people who are using Macs and using uh, like, uh, emulating systems like Parallels, that upgrade is going to be very fascinating to see how that works. Mac, let yeah. the record
0: show that we love your name and good luck to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Coach.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Here now is an email we got from Susan. My Windows 10 is running wild. The link arrived in a normal update, and my CPU almost hasn't stopped grinding. Hmm. I went online and found that a particular program needed to be uninstalled. I did, but with no effect. Help! What do I do before my computer burns out? Mm. That's a fascinating problem.
2: Back in the day, you could, you know, go back in time. I don't know if it, you know, the operating system upgrade okay allows for that now. Bill. I think you can. If, if you use a system restore, you can
3: you can roll it back. I don't know if people necessarily do that. So no. um, I think a lot of people don't. So um, it's, it's tough to say without knowing the program. But I've heard a lot of anecdotal reports from people that just after a few restarts, this sort of behavior goes away too, which is kind of odd. I don't know why that is yet. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to to run it live on, on my. <laughs> Systems when I first
2: started with Edge, I'd play with Edge on Sunday, and it would go to sites and go, no, th- th- we're not ready for this, not ready for this. And an hour later, I'd back to a site and it ran perfectly. So it's-
1: Well, the other thing, too, is that they do, with this install, they do add a lot of apps that you didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. So uninstall any apps that aren't the apps that are yours, okay? And that may also help it.
3: I'd also say with your other third-party software, if you haven't patched that in a while, make sure maybe get all, all those ducks in a row first. Make sure you're. Other software is up to date because a lot of times there are compatibility
0: updates that they roll into those as well, especially for drivers. And we got an email from Monty that I know will be of interest to Bill. Monty writes, I installed Windows 10. What the heck did they do with the games and the start key? It's driving me nuts.
3: <laughs> Actually, the, the real upsetting part with uh, with Windows 10 and games, I think, is um, Solitaire is now ruined. <laughs> a lot of people in boring desk jobs are going to be furious because it, is, it used to be a, a simple, free um, – Game, a great t- little time waster, and now it is a free to play game where you have to watch ads to unlock things, and you can you can subscribe to get the premium version and get new content and new challenges.
2: Xbox app
3: is People should be talking about this. This this <laughs> this is this the is big important. headline in Windows 10. <laughs>
0: Got to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation with the computer guys and gal. You can still call us at 800 433 8850 or go to our website, kojoshow.org. Join the conversation there. I'm Kojo Nandi. We're bogged down in Windows 10 with the computer guys and <laughs> That's get what um, happened. Allison <laughs> Boone is chief futurist at the University of Maryland Division of Research and co-director of the Future of Information Alliance at the University of Maryland. Bill Harlow is a hardware and software technician for Accent PCs at Mid Atlantic Consulting Incorporated, and John Gilroy is director for business development for BLT Global Ventures. We will get back to the phone in one second, but Allison Windows has replaced its original Internet Explorer with a new browser called Edge. The logo is very similar so far. The new browser looks promising what do you think
1: well this is something you should remember that your browser is something different than your operating system even though it comes together um just as one of the callers chose not to 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 get it i would to be honest with you um i would get it because if you're running this operating system it's going to be um it's going to be efficient to have edge um, what I actually like about Edge, yes, it reminds me of Chrome. Yes, it's very stark and clean, and so on. Um, I can actually annotate my web pages. I can actually, you know, and I have to tell you, for preparing for a Kojo show, I love, I love the idea of being able to circle things and note things, and it's wonderful. And you can save this, and it can go back to it. That's a really great thing. Um, now. Why it automatically loads flash? I'm not sure why you know you who knows why? Um it will eventually have firefox like extensions um that will make it more uh, powerful, but right now it's a work in progress. There are bugs, yes, it hangs, yes, it locks. Yes, if you have too many tabs, um, this is not for you right now. Um but I would say that in another month they're gonna they're gonna clean out a lot of these things. You should note that. If you if you do upgrade to this whole thing, you have opted in to an automatic agreement to automatically update, okay? Mm. So, in other words, you cannot opt out of these things and say, eh, eight months from now, I will update this. You, it will automatically update your operating system and Edge and so on, and which is a really new hmm, way of going with things.
0: Well, here is Mike in Waldorf, Maryland, about Edge. Mike, you're on the air. Go ahead, please.
6: Thanks, Cojo. Joe, I got a, an observation about Edge and a technical question. I'll do the observation first to stay short. Edge is great. Uh, I listened to what was just said. The issue is going to be if you're using websites that have Java applets, most of them don't seem to work with Edge. They don't like Edge, including Microsoft Update Catalog does not work with Edge. Huh. Just an observation. Second thing. If you look at the traffic on the web, you'll see that everybody, everybody who has a Realtek HD audio chip embedded on their mainboard has a volume problem. What happens is um, you can get a little trickle of volume if everything, software and hardware, is turned all the way up. Otherwise, you can barely hear your audio. It doesn't matter if you're using speakers, headphones, or jack doesn't
0: matter. Is, is
6: there
0: a fix? Is there a fix
2: for this that anyone is aware of at this point? Well, it was released on the 29th of July, so right. we're just <laughs> starting to... Six we're days We're ago. fixing to get ready to figure out more. Yeah, I, now, I had with, no problem with S- Surface Pro. I was hey. playing
3: with it in a virtual machine and uh, didn't have any issues with that. Uh, that said, the HD audio chips on almost every main board are made by a company called Realtek. So mm-hmm. um, if Microsoft doesn't have an update for that, maybe go to Realtek's website and uh, see if they have a patch driver you can install.
0: Thank you very much for your call. Well, um, Allison, how well are you hearing Cortana, the per- digital personal assistant that we talked to earlier that comes with the system? Can be trusted. You can use it. <laughs> and, um, how does how does Cortana compare with Cortana compare with Siri?
1: Well, this is interesting. So Cortana was actually on uh, mobile Windows mobile devices, but. Um, Many many people didn't have them, so they wouldn't have two percent market share. Yeah, right. Exactly. So you really wouldn't know this, but um, apparently, compared to Siri. Um and I I've been yet to find this spunkiness happening the sassiness I, yes apparently this, she's supposed to have like a lot more personality she's okay? already going rampant uh, I know it's true um, uh, the idea though is that Cortana is supposed to be more playful and more proactive in terms of learning about who you are so you can help so Cortana can help you better um, there is something um, called a, a a bit of a notebook okay and that's a special thing they learned that. Um, that the people that actually designed this um, software uh, actually learned from real human assistants. How how are people? You know, you know, if I'm Kojo's personal assistant, you know, outside of knowing him for 15 years, mm-hmm. how do you actually, when you're new, how do you get to know Kojo and help him? Well you actually start writing notes about him and you know the the time of day not to send him an email because that's going to send him over the edge or the time of day that he needs um, certain things and you have to be on on call or the kinds of things, um, you know... uh, They have a whole bunch of different things on this, uh, you know, places, interests, remind me, keep quiet, things like that. So I think this is a really um, I think this is a really interesting uh, bit of work in terms of um, technology and sociability Uh, remains to be seen how, you know, playful.
3: I I do think it's cool stuff. It kind of reminds me of Google Now and what. Apple's starting to do more and more with Siri, and one of the things that uh, you know, as you pointed out, is it has to learn about you, which means that uh, there might be some privacy concerns. So, if if you're concerned about what sort of information you're happy to share with with uh, Cortana, um, Windows 10 actually has really granular controls as far as what you can what you can share, as far as uh, your location, for example. Um, and then special controls just for Cortana as far as whether she's always listening and, and right. what sort of stuff That's she right. can learn about. You know?
2: I, I was driving down a Nationals game with this guy who had a Windows phone and he was screaming, Cortana, <laughs> how do we get away with this traffic? So I don't have a good opinion of this is Cortana. <laughs> <laughs> we went down the wrong road. <laughs> Cortana sounds fine. It sounds like maybe your screaming, friend might you need to. Uh, too much traffic come down in the Nationals game. How do we get to Half Street? <laughs> oh. We get
0: an email from Bert who says two questions about Windows 10. Edge always comes up full screen. Why? And the Windows DVD player, which installs if you had Media does not play all DVDs.
2: Any thoughts? Hmm. Sure, we've had well, a lot of thoughts. What's nice is it has a tablet mode. I think it assumes you have a keyboard there with a notebook, and then you can hit a button, you go to tablet mode. And this is what happens the tiles get to be full size with tablet, and they're smaller in the lower left hand quadrant with desktop. I think it's real convenient. As far as deep, what is a DVD? I've never heard of one of those. Is that something <laughs> to do with. <laughs> you know, it, would, it wouldn't
3: surprise me also if maybe you need to download additional software, because there are licensing costs to being able to play back DVDs if you sell that capability. So a way a lot of companies get around this is they they don't necessarily bundle it, but you can get it if you take the initiative and download it separately. So there might be an additional download. Those are
2: small little record things, right?
1: Well, well but you might want to also look at your settings. The coasters. Your settings may be um, uh, your default to, to full screen. So just take a look at your settings and see what you've got.
0: Two companies, Reddit and LinkedIn, have taken flack for their policies and are now trying to make amends. John, Reddit has been criticized for not drawing a sharp enough distinction between talk that incites people to illegal action and free speech that's offensive but legal. New CEO Steve Huffman, Huffman held his own Ask Me Anything session on the social media site to
2: explain his new rules. What are they? I have to be very, very careful and judicious about this. I have a 25-year-old son. you say offensive
0: things all the time. All the
2: time. I mean, the people who are into Reddit are <laughs> really into Reddit, and they're into it up to their neck, and they're really sensitive about certain things, and on, and there's topics. You can go into the most ridiculous, small little topic, and you've got to be so careful about what you say. So anything I say about Reddit, I'm, I'm very, very careful, and I apologize to offend any of those redditors (laughs) out there because i know how strongly opinionated they are they're going to come protesting in the studio if i'm not careful when Reddit started to want to be the front page of the internet and so hey come as you are in the car you like kojo you don't like kojo talk if you want you hate john you don't hate john's fine and and uh, what happened over time it got so popular people started talking about unusual topics that weren't they were difficult to talk about. And so well, what they had to do is start moderating them. And at the same time, they tried to monetize the system and they got into a lot of internal fights over it. And there's a woman named Pow. Who uh, who got fired and, and there's another whole subgroup out talking about she's chairman pow and blah 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 and this this is just a whole big world so what they're trying to figure out is how to moderate free speech on the internet and I think that is what Reddit is now it's the bleeding edge for moderating free speech and and uh, I may not agree what you have to say cojo about a defend of my life you're right to say it but certain things I'm not going to let you say it's just what do you let them say and what do you don't know? with free speech it's tough.
1: Well, good okay, luck so, with that. So you got to remember, Reddit is basically headlines that people vote up, vote down. Okay, oh. that's to begin with. So already you've got people critiquing, um, critiquing whether something's important or not. All right, so that's a, already the default. Then you have people that may not have uh, a line um, in terms of understanding harassment, may not understand that they're spamming people, might under- not understand that they're actually publishing private information when they should be. So um, uh, the new CEO basically put up new rules. And, um, you know, uh, so that hopefully it will make it a little bit easier for people to understand where the lines are. But as we all know, there are no strong lines in the sand um, when it comes to this, this area is so hard to discuss, and it's, um, and it's also the nature of what Reddit is.
0: How do you feel about the new content rules at Reddit? Give us a call, 800-433-8850. Shoot us a tweet at KojoShore email to kojo at org. Is your blocks overflowing with emails from LinkedIn? Why do I ask this, Bill? LinkedIn has been criticized lately for clogging users' inboxes with emails. What's the new policy to address that? They're going to
3: uh, back off on a lot of this because they were saying that some people are saying what like ten emails a day in some cases, yes. you know, with, with various updates or people trying to reach out to you or, or who knows what. And uh, they said that the, the example they they gave was if you were getting uh, uh, ten emails a day, we cut that by four. And already uh, half of our. Uh, Half of our user base is is uh, much happier about that. So I think it's a good thing because I noticed this trend, too. And it's not just LinkedIn. It's a lot of other social networks. It's various uh, online retailers where you might get, you know, an email a week. And then it became an email a day. And then it became several emails a day from the same, the same people. Yeah,
1: but do the math. Several. Wait a second. So, okay, so they got rid of four. So then now you're getting six <laughs> yeah. a day. And then when they say that the membership complaints have been cut in half, well, are you talking about, like, Fifty thousand people are still unhappy, you know, and so I, I'm not getting that. I mean, oh, I, it's not. It's it,
3: they've got a long <laughs> way to go. As far as I'm concerned, they should just never contact me ever for anything.
0: <laughs> be exactly. I was about to say, how do you tell LinkedIn I don't want to be linked with well, Godzilla? Okay? And you do
1: have to, you do have to go into your settings, and you have to be smart users. You can't just yell and scream about this and not do something about it yourself. But they are doing something, which is they're creating these digest summaries, okay, so that once a week. They're going to put all your invites in one pack, you know, one packed email. Thank goodness. Um, So that would be good. And if you belong to LinkedIn groups, they're going to also summarize what's the activity of that LinkedIn group. So, yeah, you could get up to six of these things a a week, but you can also deal with that.
0: I'm really sorry you've never got an email from LinkedIn.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The, The LinkedIn community, there are people who work full time as LinkedIn consultants that's their job, full-time job. And they're upset with what LinkedIn's doing. LinkedIn is doing the old, you know, Reed Hoffman, who you know is what you know, and, and what he's trying to do is monetize that. And that's what he's trying to do, trying to figure out how to monetize that. And he's, he's cutting back some of the abilities to connect with people and groups, and he's cutting back a, a lot of the activities. I think uh, if you link your career to LinkedIn, you will be unlinked. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, so, it's a nice tool to have for marketing, it's a nice tool to have for professional development, but it's just a tool. And, and I don't know where LinkedIn's going to head. It could be all paid, it could should be to be just a terrible service.
0: We'll see. Back to Windows 10. Here's Jose in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Jose, what's been your experience?
4: Yes, hi. Um, let's see. I wanted to share because I upgraded an XP machine that I have from 2005, um, and I decided to play it safe and not take off XP. I decided to do a clean install, so just wanted to go through what I experienced um, and how to do it. But I partitioned my hard drive and Mm -hmm. allocated about 23 gigs of space for Windows 10. I downloaded the ISO from the Windows uh, or the Microsoft site. um, And I thought it was just something where you download the ISO and then basically, which is a disk image, and you can just run the setup, but uh, XP doesn't recognize that. So you have to burn it to a DVD and then you run the DVD and then I did the install that way. Um, And the space that it took was only about... uh, I don't know eight to ten gigs out of twenty three gigs that I allocated, um, and it actually will run both operating systems on my old PC or my old notebook. It'll actually say which version of Windows do you want to run—Windows ten or an earlier version of Windows. Because of Task Manager, right? Uh, actually, it'll let me do it at the beginning. Like it shows huh. me like a blue screen, yep, um, and then That's it right. lets me pick, and then I just pick the second one or the first one, so I can still go back to XP because. I've had some issues with Windows 10 um, with the uh, the Chrome browser runs fine actually for me um, the Edge browser had that issue where the uh, somebody mentioned earlier about uh, Java and other things not working but it did it actually pulled up uh, Internet Explorer 11 automatically um, which is hidden I didn't see it right off yeah. the, ta- the task bar um, and it tried to let me basically I could get through the website by using that so in the
0: final analysis you can work with Windows 10
4: I can but the person I called before I do get no audio it does not recognize my creative sound card and I get the graphics adapter and it doesn't recognize my video card so it just gives me a generic one yeah, um,
3: yeah. Well, no Harlow
0: kinks that can be worked out.
3: Well, it's funny you mentioned a creative uh, card. That's precisely the reason why I did not upgrade. Is I went and I, I uh, checked and I saw that for my particular model, the drivers aren't even out till October. So mm-hmm. I would get no sound with that card, and I would have to use the onboard audio only. Um, and then with the video card, I don't know what you have. Re- if if it's so old uh, that they no longer actively support it, that could be potentially an issue. I guess my my question is: You sound like you know what you're doing with a computer. How come you stayed with XP for so long? <laughs> Good
4: question. <laughs> Um it's more of a, I was using the work computer and then uh so it's uh not at that company anymore so then I had to go back to my old machine I and deploy mine. So but okay. it actually you know I was surprised cuz you everywhere it says the hardware won't support it but it actually does. So for 10 years I paid $3000 for this Dell Inspiron 9300. I'm glad it's at least worth something but uh, I'll see <laughs> what I
0: do. Hey, thank you very much for your call, Jose. We're going to be taking a short break, but you can still call us, 800-433-8850. When we come back, we'll be talking about new tech stuff. What is your favorite new tech toy? 800-433-8850. Send email to kojo.wamu.org or go to our website, kojoshow.org. Join the conversation there. I'm Kojo Nandi. Gal are here, Alison Druin, John Gilroy, and Bill Harlow. We were talking about Reddit earlier. There was a flicker of interest from Cecilia, but just a flicker. Cecilia writes, exactly what is Reddit and why should I care? It seems like all these apps are a time suck having a perfectly <laughs> awful workday. <laughs> you, know you know what, though?
3: If you don't know what Reddit is, you don't need to know. Don't worry about it, honestly.
0: And have, try to have a better day, Cecilia. Exactly. A robot that cuts the grass, plastic cell phone screens that reform themselves when they crack, and a light ring that attaches to your phone so you can take great selfies. These are just some of the fun tech gadgets our computer guys and gal have discovered, so you can share with us what is your own favorite new tech toy. John, researchers at the University of Illinois are working on a navigation system that could be used to improve robotic lawnmowers. The John Deere Company already sells simpler ones abroad, but not
2: here in the U.S., when will I have a robotic mower to cut my grass? Well, this is designed especially for Kojo. You know, he's sitting in his porch there, and he's shooting down the drones. <laughs> come by his yard, and he's got to cut that grass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Protect now the robot, robot, the robot right. can cut his grass while he's shooting down the drones. <laughs> <laughs> there was a report yesterday of someone doing that in Illinois as well. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. It. I mean, they have for the rumba. Someone's got using the rumba inside their house. We don't use anything like that. I guess someone's going to do it somewhere. I think it's going to be almost like a specialty product. But I what think. are the simpler ones they're using abroad? I, don't, I, I haven't read this much. Well, the
1: what they're doing is, what. okay, so the ones in Europe are that they actually are being able to, when you first open up your product, what it does is it learns the boundaries of, your, of the place to clean or right. the place to yeah. mow. But what John Deere is doing now with these researchers is they're looking at a way to do this on the fly so that if your boundary changes or like people are in your boundaries and you don't necessarily want to cut the grass while there are five-year-old children standing in the middle of it, right, um, that it actually is going to use some computer vision technology to be able to do this. So, um, Are these that- connected devices, though? Uh, yeah right. Oh no, we're
2: putting two and two together. <laughs> is is someone going to hack in and next thing you know my flower bed's destroyed? Is that what, <laughs> is it's that like Chucky, sure? Chucky with a power mower.
1: There you go. Or you could just run people over <laughs> and then it would be it would be fabulous. It's good anyway, if the
2: has his shotgun, he can shoot the lawnmower too. Uh, uh, I bet it, they're connected. It does.
1: Same. Just say it. for my neighbor. Just say But it is about um, the other th- interesting thing is is why is it in Europe and not here That's that they're doing question. this? I I suspect that we actually have. Um, Um, stronger consumer um, laws against uh, certain things or protection, sorry, uh, certain protections um, to make it so that, uh, you know, if something goes wrong and so on. And I don't think these things have all the protections sorted out yet.
0: John, Google has a new mapping feature that lets you record the route you take from place to place on a given day and attach photos so you can go back, oh, even years later and relive
2: it. Do I really want to do that? Well, I sure don't. You know, I, I studied history, and I think there's some value to that. But this is this uh, getting to be more and more like Big Brother. Now we know exactly what you ordered, when you ordered it, and s- step by step. Did you walk up to the post office? Did you walk to the tofu store in Tacoma Park? Mm-hmm. I mean, they know exactly where you went, even in communities like that. So I'm getting kind of worried about some of these advances.
1: But you have to opt in with this option, okay? It's not like it's going to keep track of you without you saying you want this history. The other thing too is that there's no plans for iOS um, uh, for iOS users. It's only Android, so mm-hmm. you can have Android envy here, okay? Because obviously Google is saying, "Who we want to make a special kind of product for, um, you know, a special feature for our Android phones." And so um, the idea is that in some sense, um, you, I want to leave breadcrumbs where I've been. Um, I'm getting older. Maybe I'll forget the place that I wanted to go back to. Can this thing tell you where you left
0: your car keys? Oh, I wish.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. See, actually, the granularity of this is something that I wonder is that how specific a place is it going to be that it's going to remember? Is it going to be just remembering, like, the entire building or the room or, you know? I mean, I would love to be able to know all the places in my house that I've lost my keys, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right.
0: (laughs) Allison, anyone who grew up with Lego or whose kids did may be surprised to know that the company is still going strong. Thanks in part to Lego Mindstorm and the addition of electronics to the classic colored blocks, how has technology updated and revived this iconic company?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um- Back in uh, the 2000s, okay, I mean, about 15 years ago, the company wasn't just a, wasn't really a success story. Um, they were losing money a lot because they had too many different pieces, too many different kinds of kits. They were dumbing down what Lego was. You know, oh, like the idea of, you know, I can put a head on a body and that was Lego and that's not it. Um, well, it, it turns out that Lego um, Mindstorms was something that actually came out of... Um, actually the MIT Media Lab in terms of research. And um, I I was there at the time, and I saw this partnership happen. And it was really hard for the Lego folks to accept that some great ideas were going to come from outside of Lego. Um, the idea is that you can take these um, plastic pieces and actually use them to create electronic um, uh, devices, robotic kinds of um, experiences, cars and robots and so on. Uh, maybe, these, um, maybe you could make... Um, lawnmowers who knows <laughs> um but anyway um today it's now a philosophy though now they've learned lego has learned that it is really um it's not first of all lego is not just for kids there's an adult fan there's a there's this whole thing of adult fan of Lego um, group, okay? I might have a couple of technical kits in my house. <laughs> there you
0: go. Nothing is for kids only. I'll go. bet there's a Reddit <laughs> discussion group.
1: Right? I mean, and so, and here's the thing is that even they even have a director of community engagement, um, and he's even said, we need to be aware that 99.99% of the smartest people in the world don't work for us. And so, in fact, what they even have is if you make something, you can submit it and um and people can vote it up and down so mm. similar to reddit um and if it if it's really voted up high, then uh, Lego will consider um working with you to to bring that out as a kit so it's really wonderful how they've expanded the um not only expanded it from you know Lego mindstorms but really seen it as a philosophy. you can actually see um a brickumentary that just went out um, on the airwaves uh, on iTunes or in the movie theaters. And you can see sort of how they're, they've changed and how they accept that they were really wrong back then.
0: Good for Lego. Bill, a professional photographer wasn't happy with the badly lit selfie she was taking, so she decided to do something about it. How does the Kira light ring work?
3: So taking photos is all about uh, capturing and manipulating light. and uh, a cell phone is going to have a small sensor. It's not going to be able to capture a lot of light, especially if you're out, you know, at a bar or something, and you know the lighting there is mm. supposed to be dim and a little, you know, more laid back. So this is a small um, rechargeable ring light you can clip to your phone. And a ring light means that it just sits around the sensor and uh, it's it's like a donut that uh, shoots a diffused light at you. So you can aim it, get some nice even lighting on your face, and take a great shot. Uh, better living through better selfies.
0: <laughs> the Kira Light Ring. John, many of us experience with smartphone screens that crack or shatter when we drop them. Now, a new type
2: of self-healing plastic could make that problem obsolete. I I would like to see it, too. I've read this story, and I'm going to put it out for the listeners to read and figure it out. Apparently, they've come up with plastic that can self-heal itself. Now, I don't know if there is a plastic I don't know if it's I don't know what kind of technologies involved in most of these uh, smartphones, but I wish I had a nickel for every smartphone screen I've seen that was broken. I've had people break it within three seconds of buying it and drop it immediately. So hey, we'll see. I think this is something we talked about. They're called the
0: vitrimers, the brainchild of Ludwig Lieber. Ludwig Lieber. Ludwig Lieber, a materialist scientist at the ESCPI Institute in Paris. So you can now slam dunk your yeah, cell phone, phone. I'd love to see it. Break it. Just put some vitrimers. On it and it heals itself, or but something you know, like
1: that. But you know, I think it's only we a matter of time before um, Apple and many of the other phone makers are going to really get a clue that everyone's putting on these these cases. Why don't you make something that is that has the, those material properties? It, I know that you know uh, what it called. The metal is sleek and wonderful, but it's slippery, and people drop it. So why are you doing this? So Come I've
3: on. got I've got. Uh, two answers for you. one is because the sleek one is uh, it sells and people can then customize the phone and pick the case they want and secondly look at how much the cases cost you know you sell a phone for a couple hundred (laughs) bucks and then hey maybe make another 20 30 or 80 bucks for the really robust cases why not people are buying them why should they change their business plan it's wrong
0: (laughs) back to Windows 10 here is Campbell in Washington (laughs) DC hi Campbell thank you so
7: much Cojo I'm so glad you took my call um First off, uh, I wanted to say that Windows 10 was not that easy. I mean, it, it shut off and refreshed and cut on my computer at least seven or eight times mm-hmm. uh, in the process, and it took at least five or six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but my big problem is that I cannot get it to talk to you know m- my uh, computer, to talk to my brother printer and it claims that it doesn't have drivers for it. I sent, uh, you know, I, I looked up on the web under Brother International, they don't have drivers for this thing uh... at one time when i was going through uh, a variety of panic drills on the uh... computer trying to print from uh, a word document uh, of course it's saying that you know i, I must have a microsoft type product or something like that but i don't and uh... when i was able to push in my brother uh... printer to the settings it, uh... the little box at the corner says you know, that it will remove that particular yeah. printer. So, you know, what what can one do in regard to this? Well, uh, unfortunately, I talked to my Staples guy, and he says he could give me, a, you know, Windows 10 for dummies, and that might help me <laughs> out. But, uh, you know, he says it would be a couple of weeks perhaps before... Uh, they have a driver that will be available.
3: That, that might be the case, and unfortunately those might be the only two answers. You're not going to like either one of them, which is that uh, you, you did the homework. It sounds like you found there wasn't a driver available, and uh, this may be an older model or a less popular model, so they never bothered uh, making one. Um, so it might be a case of checking if uh, there's a roadmap on Brother's website and when they'll be updating this model, and if there isn't one, then the next, uh, the next option is uh, go and replace it, unfortunately. Um, there are some good... Entry-level black-and-white um, black laser printers for under 100 bucks, and that might be your best recourse. So the OS was free, but the printer's going to cost yes, you.
0: Campbell, like thank you very much for your call. Good luck to you. We've come to the stage of our broadcast where we ask individuals what their app of the month is. Allison, your app apparently helps with local sightseeing. It's called the NPS National Mall.
1: Yeah, National Park Service. Um, there's a lot of people going to national parks all over, the, um, all over the country right now over the summer. Actually, I got a chance to go to Grand Tetons um, a few weeks ago um, and do some work there. And it reminded me that there's a lot of people that want some uh, cool apps on their phone to get around to, to see what to look at and, you know, and to try and figure out what's in the park and so on. And it turns out that National Park Service has figured this out as well as actually National Geographic. Um, so, uh, but the the one that um, that is right here, NPS National Mall, you can absolutely um, use it and uh, take a look at it, uh, take a look at the National Mall with it. And um, I actually like the augmented reality. You can point the phone in a direction and you can see labels um, and you mm. can get information about what's going on. Um, The app's free, and it it can be used uh, with iPhones and and Androids. Um, Take a look, though, uh, that between National Park Service and National Geographic, there's just, like, a ton of really cool apps that will help you get around the national parks, and it's just wonderful to go to national parks.
0: Bill, you like the app Be Me. What does that do? So this
3: is, I think, a a social experiment masquerading as a video uh, (laughs) app. So it's interesting, though. So the idea behind it is it wants to keep you in the moment when you're shooting and sharing video. So um, you have to, once you get the app, you then have to um, submit uh, a request for a code to even unlock it, and then you, you add other people to use the uh, the same app. So these are supposed to be people you know. And you go and take your phone, and in order to shoot video, you don't hold it up and take yourself out of the scene and compose and get it just so. It's triggered by... Um, a, uh, a proximity sensor. So you have to hold the glass of the phone up to your chest and then sort of let it record as it happens and then when you're done, it just sends it. You have no control over editing. It's just out there. Mm. The people who follow you can view it once and mm. then it's gone and that's mm. it. Just little shared moments and they're supposed to be more authentic because you're not trying to make them just so. This mm. is supposed to be more of what's actually happening around you.
0: Mm. You have to hold it close to your chest. Over your heart, could you? <laughs> over your heart.
1: Who knows what kind of things you're beaming into your body oh god thank you very much
0: and on that note we've come to the end of today's (laughs) broadcast Bill Harlow is a hardware and software technician for Macs and PCs at Mid-Atlantic Consulting Incorporated. Bill, thank you for joining us. As always, thank you. Allison is Chief Futurist at the University of Maryland Division of Research and Co-Director of the Future of Information Alliance at the University of Maryland. Allison, always a pleasure.
1: Always a pleasure, Kojo.
0: John Gilroy is Director for Business Development for BLT Global Ventures. John, always a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Kojo.
0: Thank you all for listening. I'm Kojo Nandi.
1: Thanks for listening to The Kojo Namdi Show, and if you're already a member of WAMU 88.5, thank you for your support. If not, it's easy to give online at wamu.org. Just click the Donate button and thanks.